0: This is Religion Today with Martin Tanner, a weekly look at religion and spirituality here at home and around the world. Now, here's your host, Martin Tanner. Welcome. This is Religion Today. I'm your host, Martin Tanner. Today, we take a deeper dive into a subject that we've talked about a little bit before, and that is, what did Jesus actually look like during his earthly ministry? What was his vocation? What was his job? And what was his family makeup? What was his family life like to the extent that we can say? Let's start off with his appearance, because there are many misconceptions there. If you ask almost anyone what Jesus looked like, they will say, He wore a long robe, and they will either probably describe it as white or sometimes maroon or red. There are occasionally other colors. And they will say that his robe went down to his ankles and to his wrists. They will describe his hair as long and curly. And they will describe him as having a beard. Almost all of this is, without question, wrong. Why do we say that? How how can I say that? It's because there are a number of places in secular literature where the Jews and the Greeks and the Romans and many others criticize the early Christians and complain because the early Christians just look like everyone else. There are no comments anywhere that somehow Jesus looked out of character in his dress or length of hair or appearance. The Jews and the Romans look for everything they could possibly find to criticize Jesus. Therefore, if he were out of step in his appearance, it would have been noted and criticized. The earliest surviving paintings we have of Jesus are from the first half of the third century. Now, that's about as far away as we are from the time of Joseph Smith, approximately. Uh, it's a little bit shorter than the amount of time from the founding fathers until now. So this is fairly recent, from the time that Jesus was alive till the time that these depictions were made. The earliest known surviving painting of Jesus is from a church at a ruined city called Dura Europus, which is on the Euphrates River. And as I mentioned a minute ago, it's from the first half of the third century. And it shows Jesus with a linen-colored, which would be kind of a wheat-colored robe, to his knees and to his elbows. And it shows him with short hair, which was the Jewish and early Christian and Roman style of the time. And it shows him clean-shaven, which was also the style of in the first century, for Jews, early Christians, and Romans. If Jesus had been out of step or out of character, he would have been criticized for it. He was not. We also have philosophers who were out of step, but Jesus was not teased as being a philosopher. The philosophers, some of them, had very long hair and lengthy beards. Jesus was not criticized as trying to pretend to be a philosopher. If he had long hair as a Jew, he would have been labeled as a Nazirite or someone who was trying to look like a Nazirite. He was not. That's not anything that was ever said about him. We also know he did not wear long robes to his... Ankles and elbows, because he criticizes that length for men. In Mark chapter 12, verses 38 and 39, Jesus says, quote, Beware of the scribes who desire to walk in long robes. Why would he say that? Because if you ran around in a long robe, you were trying to look really fancy and cool. That's a little bit like Walking around in the mud in alligator shoes, it's something that looks a little bit silly and someone you might want to have a little bit of distance from if you're an ordinary person. If Jesus had worn long robes, it would have been noted he wasn't. Over his ordinary length, elbows, ankles, length, wheat-colored linen Outfit, he would have had a mantle or cloak. And it was this mantle or cloak that was touched by the woman who wanted to be healed by him, as we read in Mark chapter 5, verse 27. This mantle or cloak is described in the Old Testament. That's where the four tassels came from. And it was a large piece of. Woolen material, but it was not very thick. It wasn't for warmth. It was something that was worn to be part of the Jewish garb. Josephus describes the zealots as being, and these are his words, quote, a bunch of murderous transvestites who donned dyed mantles, close quote. That indicates that dyed mantles— dark-colored mantles, or, you know, red ones, some other color, if those had been worn by Jesus, would have been considered women's wear. So, Jesus' mantle would have been also of ordinary color, which was the same wheat color. We also know that Jesus didn't wear white, which is the way he's often depicted. To us, it means pure. Pure. During Jesus' time period, the color white was something very distinctive. It required bleaching or chalking. And in Judea, it was associated with the Essenes, who followed a very, very strict, extremely zealous interpretation of the Jewish law. Jesus' clothing was not white, he would have been labeled an Essene if he had worn white clothing. We also know that Jesus is presented by Mark as an ordinary man, wearing ordinary clothing. And in this case, in the first century, that would mean undyed wool, and the material beneath it would have been undyed linen. We also know that he would have worn some kind of uh, sandals that would have been made out of leather. And that would have made him just like everyone else during the time period of uh, the first century. So after that, let's talk a bit about Jesus' vocation. We often hear, Jesus was a carpenter. The implication today is that that's somebody who works with wood, maybe they make furniture or with a lathe. The word that is translated as carpenter is more like craftsman. And in Jesus' day, that could have been someone who made a fence out of stone or out of brick or out of wood, although wooden fences were pretty uh, scarce at the time. But the point is that it was somebody who did not just work with wood. He was a craftsman. Jesus and Joseph could have worked with all kinds of things from making barrels to furnitures to pathways to building homes. Anything that took a craftsman, a workman, Somebody who we would say was a construction worker, a highly skilled construction worker, would have been the kind of person who had the job that we describe Jesus as having. When we come back, more about Jesus' family life. Stay tuned. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. We'll be right back. Religion Today with Martin Tanner continues on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. We're back. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. If you have a question or comment about today's program, feel free to be in touch with me. Send me an email to tanner at gmail.com, tanner at gmail.com, and I will be happy to respond. Today's program deals with Jesus' earthly life, what he looked like, what his clothing and appearance looked like. And now we're going to turn to his family makeup, because we've talked about some of the misconceptions about his appearance. Well, that's nothing compared with the differences of opinion, especially amongst Christians, about Jesus' family makeup, and his family life. Jesus, we are told in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6, verse 3, and also in Matthew, chapter 13, verses 55 and 56, had brothers, were even told their names, James, Joseph, Judas, now this is not the betrayer Judas, and Simon. These are the brothers of Jesus, the son of Mary. The same verse even mentions unnamed sisters of Jesus. The Gospel of John, chapter 7, verses 1 through 5, says this Even Jesus' own brothers had not yet become his followers. Another verse in the Epistle to the Galatians. Chapter 1, verse 19, mentions seeing James, the Lord's brother. And this is not just a euphemistic brother, like, oh, welcome, brother, welcome, sister, at church. This has a special meaning. The word brother here means someone of the same womb. More about that in a minute, because that brings up even more controversies. And none other of the apostles except Peter when he went to Jerusalem after his conversation had this special event in which he was visited specially by Jesus after the resurrection. We know that the brothers of the Lord were mentioned alongside but separate from Peter and the apostles in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 5. It also mentions that they had wives. They were married. Some scholars go on to say that Jesus' relatives held many positions of authority in Jerusalem until the Emperor Trajan executed Jews from the new city that he built on its ruins. Some members of the early Christian church considered the children to be both of Mary and Joseph, these would include Tertullian, who lived from 160, approximately, to 225 AD. And then there was this fascinating group called the Anti-Dichumerianites, meaning anti-Maries, who maintained that when Joseph became Mary's husband, he was a widower with six children. And the point here, and the point with Many groups today, including Catholics, is that there's this idea and belief that Mary was perpetually and forever a virgin. She never had children, and that these verses in the New Testament mean something other than what they say on their face. There were a group in the early Christian church called the Benassians who were followers of Benassus, who was a bishop, and he had the idea that Mary had other children after Jesus. And for having that view, he was condemned by all the other bishops in his area and in his time. So, at least by the 4th century, we had this general idea in the early church that Mary remained always a virgin, and those who are called brothers and sisters of Jesus in the New Testament were actually children of Mary's sister, who was also named Mary, or of some other person or wife that Joseph had earlier, or there are a lot of different ideas about this, but you get the point. It couldn't have been actual siblings because that's not possible. Now, this Aversion to the idea that Mary had children is something that Latter-day Saints find a little bit amusing until you get to the idea that somehow Jesus was the son of Mary and Joseph and that he was adopted by God the Father to become the son of God. That's the belief that a number of early Christians had. That is not a belief that Latter-day Saints Have. So, whatever the point of view that you ultimately have about the brothers and sisters of Jesus, whether they were half brothers or completely separate, you know, kind of stepbrothers or cousins or some other status, the point is that there's a wide variety of points of view. But nevertheless, they were considered very important. James, who was called the Lord's brother, presided over the church at Jerusalem after the apostles were dispersed, and many of them were killed. James, the Lord's brother, is mentioned in Galatians chapter 1, verse 19. He is also mentioned—I kind of brought this up in passing earlier—to have had a special appearance from the resurrected Jesus in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 7. Jesus appeared to James and then to all of the apostles is what it says. So James later became a principal authority in the church because of his special relationship with Jesus. There was an early Christian leader named Sextus Julius Africanus who referred to James and many of the others who I've been mentioning, as the desposini, the blood relatives of Jesus. That phrase is preserved in Eusebius of Caesarea's ecclesiastical history. He mentions in there that the Jews had great genealogies, but Herod, who didn't have a great genealogy, ultimately burned them up. But a number of early Christians had carefully preserved their own records and not relied just on the official Jewish ones. And many of those who were descended from the family of the Savior, it says, held themselves proud because they were of the same noble extraction from the desposini, the same DNA, if you will, as Jesus. That's a fascinating comment from early Christianity. You can read about that if you'd like to in Eusebius of Caesarea Historia Ecclesiae, meaning the ecclesiastical history of of Eusebius of Caesarea. That's in Volume 1, Chapter 7. Eusebius had this fascinating quote, they're still survived of the kindred of the Lord, the grandsons of Judas. Now, this is Judas, the brother of Jesus. This is Jude, who wrote the book of Jude right before the book of Revelation in the New Testament. I'll start over. Quote, They're still survived of the kindred of the Lord, the grandsons of Judas, who, according to the flesh, was called his brother. Now, a number of these, according to this account were brought before the Emperor Domitian, and he treated them with some contempt, asked them questions about whether or not Jesus was coming back in glory, and they described Jesus' kingdom as being in heaven, at which time they were released and became leaders of the churches, quote, as was natural in the case of those who were at once martyrs and the kindred Of the Lord. So we have this fascinating idea in conclusion here from the New Testament and many other sources that at the very least Jesus had half brothers and also half sisters who are mentioned in the New Testament. So it would have been a fascinating family life that Jesus led. Join me again next week. I'm Martin Tanner.